Hello, and welcome to Objective Health. I'm your host for today, Doug, and with me in our virtual studio are Erica and Elliot. Hello. And in the background, on the ones and twos, we have Damien. Hello. And today, hey, have you guys heard? Heard about herd immunity? Huh? Ah. Pretty good, eh? So recently, um, the WHO um, have decided to change the definition of herd immunity. Um, previously, well, actually, maybe you can bring it up, Damien. The, um, the, the old definition of herd immunity. Um, Is it the shorter one or the longer one? The shorter one. Okay. Yeah, they lengthened it. <laughs> they added to it. Yeah. <laughs> So I can't read that. So let me bring it up on my own computer here. Sorry, folks. Okay. So originally the definition was herd immunity is the indirect protection from an infectious disease that happens when a population is immune either through vaccination or immunity developed through previous infection. And now, if you can bring up the other one, Damien, just so people can get an idea of how they've changed this definition. And it says, herd immunity, also known as population immunity, is a concept used for vaccination, used for vaccination, in which population can be protected from a certain virus if a threshold vaccination is reached. Herd immunity is achieved by protecting people from a virus, not by exposing them to it. So you can see how that's changed, right? It's gone from, it can be done through vaccination or naturally through the immune system. Um, and then they change it to, no, it's only through vaccination that herd immunity is achieved. Um, so that's basically, I mean, we were talking on the last show about the Orwellian nature of a lot of these uh, tactics that are being brought in. It doesn't get much more Orwellian than changing definitions. You know, official definitions, definitions that have been around for the last hundred years, right? The definition of, of herd immunity um, for them to just turn around and change it just like that. Snap of the fingers. It no longer applies to our it's, it's like we don't have an immune system anymore. It's only it's only something that's conferred by a vaccine. Right. Never mind that herd immunity is how diseases have been controlled naturally um, through well, since the beginning of life essentially, since the beginning of immune systems. Um, like, you know, that's how, that's why, like, you know, colds and flus come and go on a seasonal basis because, you know, they make the rounds, people acquire natural immunity. You know, at first people are falling left, right, and center, but then after a while it tends to ease off and, um, you know, everybody that develops natural immunity and it's not a threat anymore. Well, now that isn't conferred unless you get a vaccine. If you don't get a vaccine, you never get immunity. Yeah, I mean, their definition is, is it's really bizarre how they could even get away with something like that, right? Because, I mean, you don't even have to be a medical doctor or a medical professional to to have a uh, an understanding of what herd immunity is. I mean, it, it really was kind of common knowledge what herd immunity consisted of. Mm -hmm. And it was even so much so that you had various governments, including the British government initially, so Britain were one of the first ones to come out and say that they were going with a model instead of locking down the country, which they 
subsequently did anyway, but they were originally going to go with a model based on herd immunity, which was based on this concept of people catching a virus and developing immunity on whole and it dwindling out. And that's really the kind of, um, that's the kind of approach that Sweden took originally. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is this is criminal, and what it really is is um, it's an excellent way to worm their way into people's brains and change the way that they're perceiving reality. Right, yeah. so language is is a is a very excellent way to determine someone's perception of reality. And one of the main things that any kind of tyrannical regime will try to do, you know, pathocracy or a uh, 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 yeah, a, a tyrannical regime, right? What they will try to do is is destroy language or change language to to fit the purpose of what they are trying to achieve. They will try to change the the meaning of words. That's really important for them to do. Mm-hmm. And when you can change the meaning of words, you can change people's thinking. You change their thinking about a certain subject. You can govern their thinking and how they perceive reality. Essentially, that's what they're trying to do by doing this. Um, it flies in the face of, as you said, Doc, 100 years of medical literature, of medical understanding of, of medicine as a whole, is <laughs> of yeah. virology. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's of infectious diseases. I mean, I, I find it an abomination how you don't have every single medical doctor outraged about this. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. Anybody who knows anything, especially doctors, though. But one thing that's also interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, with um, that second definition of herd immunity, um, they say that herd immunity is achieved by protecting people from a virus, not by exposing them to it. But that's how vaccination works. Like, that's what vaccination is. It's exposure to the virus, right? The idea that you expose people in a controlled way to a virus so that the, the immune system will build up an immunity without having to be exposed to the wild virus. In theory, that's what vaccination is all about. So are they changing the definition of that now too? Because that's really strange. The idea that you can you can somehow build up immunity without being exposed to the virus, that people need to be protected from it, hence the lockdowns, right? And I wonder because these new mRNA vaccines that are coming out aren't actually exposing people to the virus. What they're doing is hijacking your own uh, DNA to uh, create spike proteins from the virus so that you build up an immunity to that. So there is no exposure there. It's almost like the the WHO is kind of like projecting into the future a little bit here. Soon all vaccines are going to be mRNA vaccines. So the, the idea of exposure to any of these viruses will be a thing of the past. Well, you even see it with something like the chicken pox, right? So when we were kids, Doug, you know, you got the chicken pox, mm-hmm. you had a chicken pox party, all the kids in the neighborhood got it. Yeah. You're conferred with immunity now for life, right? You don't, you won't get the chicken pox again. Usually. I mean, sometimes adults get shingles, which is a type of chicken pox, but you know, and then in the late nineties, the chicken pox vaccine came out, right? So they're, they're slowly wiping the slate clean of these things that we got as children that built immunity with, we talked about this before about measles as well, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then now you have the, the measles vaccine. So it's like wiping away in that Orwellian way, any sort of documented history about the immune system actually being stronger after being exposed to 
illnesses, right? Uh-huh. So now it's like, you have no control. It's all about the vaccine. It's all about the, the who di- dictating who, what you're going to follow and how you're going to follow it. And for those that may not know, back in 2009, the who also changed their definition of pandemic in uh-huh. order to create artificial panic and sell billions of doses of untested flu vaccines that became the H1N1, you know, nightmare that it is. So yeah, the who is kind of notorious for doing these kinds of things. And it's a good thing we have people paying attention in that previous article that you showed of how they just go and reword it, rechange it. And then it falls down the memory hole and people, oh, herd immunity. I mean, that's through vaccination. And then the narrative changes. And all of a sudden, all the history that we've experienced is gone. Yeah. I remember like, you know, when we started this show, we would talk about herd immunity and it had nothing to do with vaccination. We were never talking about it in terms of vaccination. We were talking about how it was like an alternative to vaccination. You know, and now they've changed the definition, so it's only about vaccination. It's really creepy. Very yeah. creepy. But Damien, I'm sending you an article here that maybe you can pull up. It was um what was it on? It was on UN News. Basically it was a news release from the uh United Nations, so the Who. Um from October twelfth. And in it they um quote Tedros Adhanom, I can't pronounce his last name. Just call him Ted. <laughs> Ted. Teddy. Teddy, head of the who. Um, basically, so they're, they're quoting him in this article, and he says, Herd immunity is a concept used for vaccination, in which a population can be protected from a certain virus if a threshold of vaccination is reached. And he says, never in the history of public health has herd immunity been used as a strategy for responding to an outbreak. The Who chief said, calling it scientifically and ethically problematic. Okay, maybe we can get away with on a technicality here. Has it been used as a strategy? No, it's just the natural thing that happens. That is what happens. He's making it sound like it's radical, you know, that it's like as a strategy, it's, it's, a, it's a radical departure from everything that's ever been done in the past. That is nonsense. As we just explained, like this is how living beings deal with disease in populations. You know, this is the way it works. So it's, it's, there's a real twisting of definitions going on here. A really like, hate to use the word again, but Orwellian redefinition of, of these terms. Well, there was a, I mean, maybe we should actually talk about the Great Barrington Declaration as well, which was um, a group of doctors who wrote a, um, a declaration, essentially. Um, and this was back in, oh, shoot, I don't know what the date was on it, actually. It was last year. Um, and basically, this group of doctors came out and said, you know, what the way that we are dealing with this this uh, COVID business is insanity, pure insanity. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously. They didn't actually say that, but um, they're saying that what strategy needs to be employed is that you protect the vulnerable and let the rest of the world carry on with their lives so that herd immunity can be 
uh, achieved naturally, right? If people are healthy, let them go to work. If they get sick, they go home. They kind of, you know, take a few days off work, whatever. Um, you keep letting kids go to school. The vulnerable, the elderly, the uh, people who have um, serious conditions, those are the ones who you protect. Those are the ones who you maybe place on lockdown or put in some kind of situation where um, you're being very careful about what they're exposed to and who they're exposed to. You know, you keep uh, uh, the same staff on so they're not exposed to constant people coming in and out. Um, new people who have been exposed to new things. That's how you deal with something like this, right? And this is, of course, all on the premise that COVID is actually something dangerous and nasty. But um, that, and, and I wonder if the reason, because this Great Barrington Declaration did get quite a bit of traction. So I do wonder if, you know, this this uh, changing of definitions that you see uh, going on at the WHO is kind of a response, maybe not to this directly, but to this line of reasoning, right? Saying that, no, 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 herd immunity is radical, it's dangerous, uh, it's unethical. Um, so anything like that, you know, these these people who are, are uh, you know, putting forward this uh, this declaration are are dangerous radicals. These people are they should be shunned. You know, this is this is insane. We need to lock everyone up. We need to stop you from going to work, from going to school, from going outside, you know. Mm, yeah, well, on October 4th, 2020, this declaration was authored and signed in Great Barrington, United States by ah, Dr. Martin Kuldorf, professor of medicine at Harvard University, a biostatistician and epidemiolo- epidemiologist. Dr. Sunitra Gupta, professor at Oxford University, an epidemiologist with expertise in immunology, vaccine development, and mathematical modeling of infectious diseases. And finally, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, professor at Stanford Medical School, a physician, epidemiologist, health economist, and public health policy expert. So are these just random fools who have written up this declaration, (laughs) or are these world-leading experts with credentials um, <laughs> which are impeccable, right? These are professors at the, le- the world's leading universities in medicine, mm-hmm. right? And they are outright saying that herd immunity is something which is desirable. It has been a, a, a factor which has kind of allowed um, the vulnerable in a population to be protected against a virus since they are really the only ones who are susceptible to this kind of thing. Um, And they have outright said that a vaccine is not necessary for that. They actually explicitly say in the declaration, they say um, as immunity builds in the population, the the risk of infection to all, including the vulnerable falls. We know that all populations will eventually reach herd immunity, i.e. the point at which the rate of new infections is stable and that this can be assisted but is not dependent upon a vaccine. Mm -hmm. Our goal should therefore be to minimize mortality and social harm until we reach herd immunity. And that was really one of the main stated aims at the start of all of this stuff, at the start of the lockdown was to get to a point where you could protect the healthcare systems until we reach a point of kind of herd immunity, right? But now the tides have turned. And with these new waves continually being imagined by Fauci (laughs) and the like, 
then what's happening is, is that herd immunity is no longer a goal. And in fact, um, as you said, Doc, herd immunity is some, something that is immoral, <laughs> is, is, a, is a terrible consequence. No, in fact, we need the vaccine, right? The only answer is the vaccine. And yeah. we see that actually the, the uh, stooges in, in the WHO, who are probably in the back pocket of the likes of Fauci, etc., mm-hmm. are simply doing the bidding of their masters, with yeah. the aim of getting this vaccine out and the vaccine is the only answer and everyone must have the vaccine until until then no one is safe it doesn't matter if you've had the vaccine you're not safe until everyone else has the vaccine it's what ridiculous. skewed logic right it's it's just bizarre well it's interesting you said that it was october 4th 2020 that that came out well that quote i read from uh, teddy Teddy of the Who was October 12th. So basically a week later, a week later, mm. he came out with that statement. So yeah, it was, it was probably a direct result of the um, Barrington Declaration. Great Barrington Declaration. Sounds like damage control, big Absolutely. time. Right? Because, Absolutely. you know, we were told, we're still kind of being told that it's, it's going to be optional. You know, maybe you can take it if you want to take it. And now I think they're starting to realize that people are like, I don't know about this, you know, (laughs) maybe, especially as the side effects come out and, you know, people are realizing that it's not going to protect against anything really. They'll still Uh, have to wear a mask. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think it's damage control. I think they're like, well, we got to go back and dig through and change everything so people don't know what our, you know, people, this is not about a virus. It's no longer about the virus anymore. It's going into uncharted territory now. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, interestingly, Back on, actually, this article came out on Christmas Day. It was from RT. Fauci admits to lying about COVID-19 herd immunity threshold to manipulate public support for vaccine. Moves goalposts to 90%. So it basically goes into detail about how at first Fauci said something along the lines of, oh, yeah, we'll need to reach like, you know, 60 to 70% um, of the population being immune before herd immunity actually kicks in. And then, you know, he moved the goalposts at one point and said, well, you know, it'll be more like, you know, 70 to 75%. Um, and then at one point he said on CNBC, the magic number suddenly rose up to 75, 80 or 85%. And then at one point it went up to now uh, he has said 90% or as of Christmas, he might've gone higher since then. I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, it just keeps on, it, it just shows like, you know, he, he, he doesn't know right? He doesn't know any of this stuff. It's always like, it's always just numbers kind of pulled out of the air. And I think that um, maybe he said the original 60%, then got to look at the numbers of people who were uh, unwilling to take the vaccine. And he's like, well, I, I gotta, I gotta make this scarier. I gotta, uh, I gotta throw these numbers up a little bit higher. So he throws them higher and it's like, well, it's not working. Maybe, maybe I'll throw them a little bit even higher. So now it's at 90%. I don't know if that's raised, uh, raise the number of people who are actually willing to get the vaccine. Next, it will be the only way to achieve herd immunity is if 110% of the population <laughs> yeah. get the vaccine. 
And you got to quadruple the dose because we're not a hundred percent sure. So just in case you're going to have 27 required doses in the next two years. Exactly. Yeah. We're 10% sure. So (laughs) so you need to follow our advice 400%. (laughs) That'll make up for their unsureness. I mean, I can't believe guy people still like take this guy seriously. I mean, I he basically came out and said he lied. You know, I lied to get everybody to go along with it. <laughs> and people aren't going, well, maybe he's lying now. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's a mind virus, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is. Yeah, I don't know why anybody's still listening to him or any of them. I mean, I don't know why anybody was ever listening to Bill Gates. well and then in that article doug i mean it just i almost fell out of my chair like what did he just celebrate his 80th birthday and what did they call him they called him uh beacon of scientific thinking and enlightenment during these dark ages of ignorance and superstition (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh bust a gut laughing yeah, just just swallow it, swallow it all, <laughs> take it all, one big gulp. I don't think Fauci is a bastion of anything except for bullshit. A bastion of bullshit. Well, I don't know. Do we have anything else to say about uh, herd immunity, the changing of the definition, our Orwellian world? I don't know. Stay it's cognizant. <laughs> Stay cognizant, folks. I mean, it's like you were saying, Erica, like the it's good that we have people out there. I think it was on last show you were saying it actually, but it's good that we have people out there who are kind of you know, that we still have a, a press, like a an independent press or what have you, that is kind of paying attention to this kind of stuff, bringing this stuff to our attention. Because this kind of thing, like if somebody wasn't out there publicizing this, and I think this might have come from the uh, the last American Vagabond, who does a, a podcast on uh, YouTube, um, and then other outlets started picking it up. I might be wrong about that. He might have not have uh, discovered it himself. But nonetheless, somebody discovered it. They did this very quietly, right, this redefinition thing. They didn't publicize it. It just showed up on their website one day. Suddenly the definition had changed. So it's good that because I know personally I'm not on the the WHO website very often reading what they have to say about anything. So it's good that somebody is, is what I'm saying, that somebody's kind of keeping up with this stuff, that somebody is actually um, paying attention. Um, and if we all pay attention to something and, and make it public, then, you know, we all benefit. So it's it's networking at its best because they're going to keep on doing this kind of thing, keep on changing our language, changing definitions. Uh, changing things. It's 1984 in real life. This is the way it's working now. And eliminating our history in the process, you know, so people forget and they do not remember. And I think that's really like the slippery slope is, is reminding people that, you know, there are, there is a past, we have a past and we need to learn from it. And the, all these things that are happening have been practiced in one way or another before, you know, I mean, it's such a rabbit hole to go down, but it's not like they're uh, making it up as they go along. They're kind of fo- following a script and you can apply that to, you know, 
the Iraq war after 9-11 or any number of things like you can you can see this very similar pattern. My point being, they're not very creative. Mm. You know, they're just trying to keep running out the same scenario. And if people are looking for information in sound bites, then that's all they're going to hear. Oh, we got to do it. We got to get the vaccine. We got to do it. But for people that are interested in going a little bit deeper, you really start to connect the dots and you start to see that this is all that been done before in one way or another. I mean, when we did our biosecurity show, I mean, then we talked about these pandemic scenarios that they've been running since 2001. You know, so they're they're doing these things. And I think with the Internet, it's it's more accessible because people are doing their due diligence and they're also saving the information because a lot of stuff is being scrubbed from the Internet as well. Totally. Yeah. You know, and so it's important that we all kind of do our part to really document day to day what is transpiring, because you see a pattern unfold. So, okay. And you got to have a sense of humor about it, guys. You got to laugh and tell jokes and look at funny memes because that's the only <laughs> yeah. way you're going to make it through. I mean, it's really like you got to have a sense of humor about it all. Like, it's these true. Guys are for real. The yeah. memes are this is really the saving what they're grace. doing. Yeah. The, the memes are the saving grace of, of, of the current age, I would say, for sure. Let us laugh at it all. Okay. Well, I think that is our show for today. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Thanks to my co-host. Thanks to Damien. Keeping it real. And, yeah, we will see you on the next one. Be sure to like and subscribe. Um, You're probably not seeing this on YouTube, but you can subscribe on Library or you can subscribe on Brighteon. And we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.